Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talk with a Doc, the show where we bring your questions to Providence medical experts for insight and information. I'm your host, Mary Renoff, and here with me today is Nina Young, registered dietitian with Facey Medical Group. And today we're answering your questions about supplements for pain and inflammation. Remember, everyone, all of our questions come from our listeners. That's you via social media. We can be found on Twitter under Providence and under Providence Health System on Instagram and Facebook. Use the hashtag Talk with a Doc for a chance to hear your questions on our future episodes. Before we start, I want our listeners to know that the information provided during this program is for educational purposes only. Always consult a healthcare provider if you have any questions regarding a medical condition or treatment. So let's get started by welcoming our expert today, Nina. Thank you so much for having me. Nina's no uh, stranger to us. She's been here with us before. So this is your second show, I think. Yes, it is. All right. Well, tell us a little bit about what you do here, Nina. So I, I see patients for all kinds of nutrition problems. And one of the things that I do is I review our patient supplements. I have a lot of experience with this because I have rheumatoid arthritis myself. And one of the things that I did was start to research what I could use for my own pain and inflammation. Mm-hmm. And so this topic you know, of supplements for pain and inflammation is definitely near and dear to my heart. And I wanted to share some of that info with you today. I know we're not here to talk about rheumatoid arthritis, but you seem so young to have it. Is, is it genetic or is it caused by environmental or physical? Do we know? We don't really know. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, it's a combination of, you know, genetics, like risk sure. and, and lifestyle or environment, something in it. Um, we really don't know. There's a lot of research we're trying to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. Pet, you're personally vested in that one. Oh, yes. Well, the topic is supplements for reducing inflammation and pain. And I think, you know, a lot of people are looking for these options because they really don't want to do opioids. They really don't want to have to be on pain pills or they don't want to take enough Tylenol that maybe it impacts their stomach or their liver. So are supplements an option? I don't know that most people think they are. Yes, they are. And I think that, you know, there, there are a lot of risks associated with supplements they're not, you know, natural doesn't always mean better. But that said, you know, there are options out there that can be, you know, targeted, that can be evidence-based. And I think that they're really helpful. I think, you know, supplement world is a little bit of the wild west Mm -hmm. because of the lack of oversight. But, you know, if, if we really do that research and, and you have a trusted, you know, expert guiding you, I think it's a great option. Are supplements regulated by the FDA? So, or some maybe I don't know. They're they're not really regulated uh, like drugs are, meaning that uh, the the companies who produce the supplements are the ones who have to prove that they're safe. And mm-hmm. so, unless there are issues that are brought up about their safety or purity, no one's really looking at that. And um, so one of the things that I do to make sure that my supplements are safe or the supplements that I recommend are safe are I look at independent organizations that will test supplements mm-hmm. for, for, you know, making sure there's things, there aren't things in there that it shouldn't be in there, right? So they're not contaminated and that they're, they say, uh, they, they have in there what they say they have. Right, right. You know? A couple examples uh, are U.S. Pharmacopeia, the USP Verified. If you see that on mm-hmm. there, you know that's a really good thing. Uh, NSF, I've seen that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what else? So the other thing that I do is I sometimes contact companies for a certificate of analysis. Right. Mm-hmm. It'll tell me exactly what's in there. What you know they've tested for contaminants. You know, 
what they say is in there. Is are in they it. required to put that on their website? I know some places are. They're not required to. Sometimes yeah. they have to call them for that. Um, but, you know, a lot of them do have them on their website, which is great. And I also have my own databases that I, I, um, I have subscriptions to, like Consumer Lab is another one. If you see CL uh, on your label and they have you know, a, a subscription service that will give you the results of their testing. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, so since we're talking about inflammation and pain, what kind of supplements would you typically look for for that? So some of the ones that I've looked at that are helpful, uh, fish oil, mm-hmm. you know, which has omega-3s, those inflammation-fighting um, fatty acids, have been shown to actually be helpful with rheumatoid arthritis. Now, they might help with the pain, they might help with some of the symptoms, but they will not necessarily stop the damage that's happening Mm -hmm. to the joints. So, you know, this isn't a reason to just take fish oil and stop taking all of your medications, right? But they can be used in conjunction together with, with, with medications and other lifestyle changes that you're making. And is it typically for like chronic inflammation conditions or like if I sprained an ankle, would I take fish oil or would I be more likely to take ibuprofen? You know, the, the testing that has been done is, is more on chronic conditions like osteoarthritis, mm-hmm. right? Or uh, rheumatoid arthritis, um, you know, and there, there are some studies on other autoimmune diseases as well as fibromyalgia, but these are more chronic conditions. I haven't really seen much research done on these, like you know, acute, in, yeah, yeah, acute cases. Uh, the other one that I'm thinking about is curcumin, oh, okay. which is the active ingredient in turmeric. Oh my gosh, turmeric is so good for so many things I'm reading lately. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but one of them is pain and inflammation. Uh, and that one has uh, shown some really good results with osteoarthritis. My tip with that one is that you know, uh, curcumin is really hard to absorb. It's not very bioavailable when, when we take it. And so you'll see some supplements that have black pepper extract in there mm-hmm. or bioperine, and that can actually make it more absorbable. Okay. I always wondered why black pepper was in some supplements. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And okay. a lot of curry dishes have that too. You mm-hmm. have turmeric and black pepper together, you know, golden milk <laughs> tea, yeah. you know, both of those are in there and they work together. Are there foods or other vitamins that you should avoid when taking these supplements for pain and inflammation? You know, it really depends on each individual supplement, Mm -hmm. you know, and this is really where I would recommend talking to a health professional about that. It it depends so much. So if I'm at home and and I want to either take some supplements or I want to try to maybe wean myself from pain medications, how do I get to see someone like you? So I would start by talking to the doctor. Right. Talk to your doctor who's uh, who might already be helping you with, you know, with pain, inflammation and in other ways. Right. Maybe with medication. But, you know, they're the ones who are familiar with your health history, you know, and uh, I would ask to see if they're comfortable making recommendations for supplements. And not all doctors are. So that's where, you know, you can ask to see if you can talk to a dietitian, right? Mm-hmm. if they can make a referral. And, you know, at. At FACI, we actually have a clinical pharmacy team who can help uh, talk about negative side effects right. of, of medications and supplements that can interact. 
we've had the pleasure of speaking with some of them, which has been really interesting to me. And I've really kind of liked to understand how I think one of the things that we've learned, one of the biggest lessons I've gotten from talking to them is that you can ask your pharmacist in a store too to help you with supplements. Do they interact with my medications? You can just ask them questions about even like what kind of uh, ulcer th- or uh what's the word I'm looking for? Like if I have indigestion, right? Like I don't think people think that to take advantage of the pharmacist and their knowledge base as much as we should. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, especially with the, uh, uh, the interactions between medications and supplements, I definitely use pharmacists as a resource myself when I don't know, or, you know, I need some, some feedback. Are there any dangers associated with taking supplements when it comes to inflammation and pain? Is it too much? Is it interactions? Yeah, and and again, it's very specific to each type of supplement, but if you overdo it, right, and you take way more than recommended, uh, that, you know, for example, with fish oil, that could interact with, or that could cause blood thinning. Oh, okay. You know, if you take really large amounts, just as an example. Um, But, you know, just because a little bit helps or, you know, a certain dosage helps doesn't mean that more is better. <laughs> I learned that with melatonin. Oh, yeah? I was, I was taking like nine or 10 milligrams and people were like, really, your body needs one to two. And if you take anything more than three, you're actually counteracting it. And I was like, well, that would make sense, actually. But I, I was of the mind that if one was good, two was better, three was probably perfect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that happens so often. And I think um, it's kind of natural to think that way. Well, if this much helps. Wow. Exactly. You know, just add yeah. a little more. That's even better. Yeah. Um, but uh you know, I'll use another example. So vitamin A, you know, we need a certain amount in our body. It's very important for our health. But if you overdo it, it actually increases fracture risk. Really? If you, you know, chronically, like all the time, are taking more than the recommended daily amount in supplements. Absolutely. You know, you can see these negative effects over time. We spoke with a doctor recently. Um, I think the topic was cholesterol maybe uh-huh. but um we talked about too much calcium actually oh no it was uh, too much calcium causes kidney stones that's what it was and it was interesting to me because we're told as women to take calcium hal- calcium drink your milk all these things and now then we find out that it could actually cause harm yeah yeah isn't that interesting so do you get a lot of questions from people about like bring in my supplement list and do you actually have to go through and say well these don't actually work or this is too much or if you're taking these three now you have too much of this absolutely uh, I will, you know, if a, if someone comes in and just wants a supplement review, you know, which ones should I be taking? Should I change any of them out? Is anything interacting? Um, I'm happy to take a look at all of them, you know, and I sometimes get referrals for just supplement review. You know, this patient is interested in, in taking a look at supplements and I, you know, I am uh, very happy to do that. Um, I'm going to be emailing you my list of supplements when we're done. <laughs> you can tell me. Because no I problem. actually was thinking this the other day. Because I, I typically, I'm like an old person, right? I have that big green pill box. I put my vitamins in it every Sunday. I refill it or every other Sunday. And I was like, I don't remember why I'm taking this one. Like, <laughs> I, I remember being told to take it, but I don't remember why. And I can't remember what it does. And of course, you read the bottle and it cures everything, right? According to the bottle. So oh, yeah. I'm definitely going to send it to you. Um, so you mentioned a couple of things for pain and inflammation. Is there anything else that we're not thinking of? I know a lot of people talk about glucosamine when it comes to like joints and that sort of thing. Is that a pain reliever or is that more just coating the joints, I guess, is what it says? You know, the results are very mixed. There's, it's usually sold as chondroitin mm-hmm. and glucosamine sold together for osteoarthritis mm-hmm. and for joints. Um, but the evidence isn't really out on whether this is going to be helpful. Okay. Interesting. 
I guess that would be my other question too, is it seems like supplements would interact with your body very differently for each person, right? It's like even medications do. So just because a supplement works for one person doesn't mean it would work for another. So how do you help guide people through this journey? So I take a look at someone's history, someone's needs. I'll do a diet review and say, hey, you know, you're not really getting much of this from diet at all. You know, maybe someone uh, avoids fish. Mm -hmm. I can take a, and they have certain conditions that, uh, that would align with uh, fish oil, you know, being a good choice, for example. But there, you know, I can't say that uh, one supplement would be good for everyone, right? right? It would be specific to this person who has this need uh, that maybe isn't filled by diet alone. Um, but, you know, taking a, a multivitamin, for example, for prevention isn't necessarily going to be helpful. I want to take a targeted approach. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to recommend vitamin D if your vitamin D is low, you know, and and evidence-based supplements based on what you're going through. Is it, um, do people have different interactions based on different health conditions that they have or different points in their life? Like, would you take a different supplement at 12 and 24 and 34 and 54? Absolutely. Our body's needs change through time. Give me an example of something I might take at 50 that I wouldn't have taken at 20. I love putting people on the spot. It's so mean. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no problem. I'm thinking of Centrum Gold or something in my head now. I don't know. <laughs> um, there are definitely certain, certain nutrients that are more difficult to absorb as we get older. Okay. You know, and... Um, you know, just the acidity in our in our gut tends to decrease as we age, and sometimes certain things don't get as absorbed. For example, vitamin B12, you know, might not be a problem, you know, in younger years, but for someone of older age, they might be at risk of a deficiency, and that's something I could actually check with a lab test. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is really interesting. I want to come back to figuring out how we know what we're low on and what we're, maybe we've overdosed ourselves even unintentionally when we come back from a break. But we are going to take just a quick pause, and when we come back, we will continue talking about supplements as it relates to pain and inflammation.
on Talk with a Doc, and today we're joined by guest Nina Young, who's a registered dietitian at Facey Medical, and we're talking about supplements for pain and inflammation. And you were talking a little bit about some things right before the break. I think B12 was one of them, and you were talking about how you can actually test the levels to see if it's necessary. What what do tests look like for that, and what can we test for versus what we can't? Um, so there are certain vitamins that you know we can definitely test for. For example, vitamin D is a really common test, uh, vitamin B12 is another one. Uh, some of them are more more for specific conditions. For example, someone who's just had uh, the bariatric surgery. Oh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, they're more at risk for certain vitamins, and there's a whole panel that we test for uh, to check for nutritional deficiencies. Um, however, with pain, it's a little bit harder. You know, with pain and inflammation, there are inflammatory markers that, you know, doctors can test for like a C-reactive protein or CRP, mm-hmm. you know, is one of them. And and that's something we can use to see if a medic, you know, if a supplement just like a medication is working. Do you think when it comes to pain and inflammation, do you think supplements are generally going in hand with a medication or can they actually replace a medication? What do you think? I think that studies show uh, that uh, supplements for pain and inflammation can replace the need for some, you know, pain meds, mm-hmm. you know, which I think is really exciting. They can, you know, supplements in general can also interact negatively with a lot of medications. And this is the case with not just, you know, pain and inflammation supplements, oh, yeah. but all of them, you know, they can either make them difficult, more difficult for your body to get rid of, or they can actually um, decrease the effect 
of, of medications. So there are certain things that we need to worry about, and this is why we want to get your health professionals on board. Yeah. Well, and I think that's going to be the answer to the next question, but somebody asked us, if I'm on several medications for other issues, is it safe for me to take the supplements for my pain and inflammation? And that's really more a talk to your doctor. Yeah, it's very individualized. So you kind of touched on this a little bit, but it's, the question we got was, what type of doctor do I see to get the correct supplements and manage my pain and inflammation? And you talked a little bit about you could come to like a dietitian like yourself to talk about that, but if it's pain and inflammation related, do they generally go to their primary care physician? I would say start there. Yeah. They know your history best, and they can always direct you to you know, different specialties that can help you more. And some of the supplements you mentioned, I don't know a lot about them, but do they come in different forms, right? Can I take a pill versus swallow something versus an injectable? Absolutely. And yeah, and these different forms sometimes depend on your body's ability to, uh, to absorb it best. You know, in some cases... You know, a B12 supplement, for example, might not be very well absorbed in a pill form and it might need to become an injection, you know, but that's a, you know, it's a doctor's call mm -hmm. and, um, and it really just depends on each individual. Do you see prescriptions for supplements? And I asked because B12, I know people can get a B12 prescription. Yes. Can you, can you get them for other supplements? Like vitamin D. Yes. Mm, okay. There are prescriptions of, uh, fish oil. Okay. And that one is more for triglycerides. It's not okay. for pain and inflammation, but it's, it's a fairly high dose and it's in prescription form. So you know a lot about fish oil, so let's talk about that because I feel like there's a lot of myths out there. There's the, I'm going to burp a lot, I'm going to smell like fish a lot. Like, <laughs> Talk us through some of the myths you hear from people when you offer them supplement options. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, there's definitely the, the problem of it smelling fishy or mm -hmm. leaving a fishy aftertaste. Mm -hmm. And sometimes this has to do with the fish oil not being very fresh. Oh, okay. You know. So it matters when you get and where you get your supplements. Yes. So the quality is very important for for fish oil as well as other supplements. Um, there's krill oil for people who can't tolerate the fish oil. What is that? It's it's omega three rich oil. Just instead of being from fish, it's from krill. Oh, see now I'm embarrassed. I don't know what krill is. Krell is, it's like a crustacean. Oh, okay. <laughs> Form of shellfish. So still kind of from the sea. <laughs> yeah. But okay. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I could draw you a picture, I guess. Oh, please do. <laughs> Let's see your skills. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Are, so the, the myth, though, of like the burping, because I, I read that one online a lot. Is that just because of the way people handle it? Is it the quality of what they're taking? Is it, you know? You know, I'm not really sure exactly why. Um, but I know to avoid a lot of these sort of negative uh, sides of fish oil, I usually will give a patient a couple of options of high quality brands that I trust to make sure that it's fresh and it's been tested. Oh, that's good. Well, see, it's good to have people like you. Oh, yeah. Are there, you mentioned a couple of uh, independent testing companies, but are there some brands that you typically recommend over others or c places to buy them that you typically recommend? There are certain brands that, you know, that I've, looked into simply because they have been vouched by these independent uh, you know, testing organizations. So I'll give you an example for fish oil is Nordic Naturals. You can get their certificate of analysis. It's actually available on their website. Uh, Thorn Research, it's like Thorn with an E, uh, you know, is verified by NSF. 
And a couple more examples is actually Kirkland Signature from Costco. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. They're USP verified. Uh, several nature-made products are also USP verified. So it's about kind of digging, doing that research. And so you've done the research, yeah. so we're going to learn from you. Of okay. course. I like it. Um, well, we got one question that says CBD is popularly popular these days. Would you consider that to be a supplement, and would you consider it to be good for dealing with pain and inflammation? So at this point, I don't recommend it. Uh, I don't feel comfortable. I know it's a, a very hot topic for research, and hopefully we'll have better data soon. Uh, but you know, at this point, we don't. There isn't enough evidence to support the popular claims like relieving pain, anxiety, as well as insomnia. And there is a prescription do- drug uh, of CBD. It's really? called yeah, it's called Epidiolex. And it's for several rare seizure disorders. Oh, okay. You know, so I think this muddies the water a little bit because there's you know, the supplement world and then there's this medication out there and it's, it's very confusing. Um, but I know a lot of people are taking it and just to, you know, if you are taking it or if you plan on taking it, I want you to look for a certificate of analysis. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure you know what's in there because, you know, again, it's kind of like the Wild West and we, you know, don't really know what's in there. It might be contaminated with something. Um, it might not yeah. be pure. And if you have to do urine tests, for instance, for work, what they're really looking for is THC, mm-hmm. right? It's that cannabinoid that, uh, you know, is psychoactive. CBD is not, but... Some of these products more, that market themselves as CBD can be contaminated with too the much THC. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know that could lead to failing a you know a urine test if if that's needed for work. So lots of things to be careful with. Um, high doses of CBD can also uh, make your liver enzyme tests oh. go up. So there's that to consider if someone is. Uh, pregnant or breastfeeding is not recommended to take CBD uh, and and CBD also interacts with a lot of different medications mm-hmm. so just because you know it's so poorly uh, you know a lot of the market is so poorly regulated at this point and the fact that we just don't have the data you know makes me yeah. a little worried about recommending it sure well I think it also comes down to what you talked about earlier the quality of the product and where you get it like I wouldn't recommend getting it at a gas station yeah <laughs> right Absolutely. I might feel a little bit more comfortable at CVS but you know <laughs> well um, one of the questions we got is are there side effects to taking supplements and I'm gonna guess that, that depends on the supplement and how much you're taking in your body but in general how would you answer that some of them have digestive supplement uh, side effects that's one of the common ones that I see so maybe some nausea or digestive upset and one of the ways you can deal with that is by taking it together with food. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work for everything, but generally speaking, uh, you can ease some of those digestive side effects just by eating it with a meal or snack. Well, that was the next question we had, which was I get a queasy tummy when I take supplements. So is it taking it with food? Are there other options? Uh, sometimes there are different forms, mm-hmm. uh, not really related to pain and inflammation supplements, but for example, there are lots of different forms of iron, mm-hmm. you know, and some of them are much more likely to cause digestive upset than others. So it really comes down to finding the right one. Same with magnesium supplements. There are lots of different forms and not all of them have the same level of side effect. I think it's interesting to talk about too, like 
they come in such different dosage. And how do we know what we're getting, seeing? Like half the time I see something and it's got like something ICU use. Like what does that even mean? How do we know how, how much to take and oh. how to read the label? Is that the I use that you're mentioning? <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's like odd, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's international units. Okay. Um, it was used for, for vitamin D. I think that that's, I would really refer back to a, a health professional for that. You know, there are certain dosages that are recommended for daily intake, right? It's called the RDA, and it's put out by our government. And, you know, there is an upper limit on a lot of different supplements. So for example, there's a cap at how much you can take daily for long periods of time. And if you go over that, you're looking at some health risks. So the important thing is to check, you know, combinations. Maybe you're taking a multivitamin and a different supplement that together would go over that upper limit. You know, so I think it's important to have someone who knows the upper limits, who knows the daily recommended amounts, how much you need at your age and for your gender, and then, of course, looking at the big picture. I think that's the important part, too. As I mentioned earlier, I take some supplements. I'm not even sure why I'm taking them anymore, but I do find myself wondering if I've been taking them for 10 or 12 years, maybe I need to change the dosage based on my own levels, which I'm going to ask another personal question. Sure. When we talked about the queasy tummy, so I do take several supplements. I currently take them all at the same time in the morning, generally before I eat. Is there a better way to take supplements? Like, should you not take them all at the same time? Should you not take them all at once? Like, should you try to take some with food? How do you know? So I generally recommend taking them with meals unless, you know, the label tells you to, uh, to take them without food. But it's easier for the body to absorb more of those nutrients if they're spread apart. And sometimes you'll see these, uh, you know, these brands that will recommend taking four you know, tablets spread over the day. Okay. You know, and that's just to increase the absorption each time you take that capsule. Got it. Okay. Well, this question says, are there food or other vitamins that I should avoid taking with certain supplements that manage pain and inflammation? I guess it would depend on the supplement, okay. you know, whether there would be certain foods that interfere with it. Um, so the ones that you recommend typically for pain and inflammation, is there anything people would worry about? No, not necessarily. This is starting to sound like a really good alternative. I like this. <laughs> this is good. Um, what are other natural ways to manage pain and inflammation? So I think that comes back to lifestyle. You know, I think that supplements can help fill a gap. But ultimately, it comes down to eating a healthy diet with whole minimally processed foods, lots of fiber. Uh, controlling blood sugar is actually a great way to to control inflammation. So for example, not eating, you know, sweets all the time or refined grain products like maybe uh, white white bread or uh, other things that break down into sugar really quickly, right? That actually helps our body control inflammation. So there's that. Uh, exercising regularly and managing our stress, even with arthritis, um, you know, and I, I have that problem myself. I have good days, I have bad days, you know, I've got my own joint pain, um, and I see that a lot in the people who come see me. Uh, you know, it's difficult to exercise sometimes, but regular gentle exercise has actually been shown to help with inflammation mm -hmm. and over time decrease that pain. 
think any of us who have suffered like an injury where you have to rest for a certain amount of time, you realize that your body actually starts to hurt because it's becoming immobile. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know? Well, I think we're almost out of time, so I'm going to ask you, is there one takeaway or one thing you want people to know when it comes to managing pain through supplements? Uh, so with pain, I would be really picky about your supplements. You want to find really good quality supplements, and you want to have the right team guiding you on what to take. So talk to your health professional team and tell them your needs. Tell them you want you know, natural products that that you'd like to incorporate into your treatment plan, you know, and, uh, and be careful. Yeah. And when you do talk to your doctor and you do get the recommendation and you do go to the store and you have a question, you can ask the pharmacist. Yes, yes. you can. I feel like we have to keep hitting that one because I don't think people know. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time and thank you everyone for listening and sending in your questions. You can follow Facey Doctors on Twitter at Facey Medical and on Facebook at Facey Medical Group. We look forward to future topics with more experts from Facey Medical and Providence. Make sure to follow us on social media at Providence on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And to learn more about our mission programs and services, visit future.psjhealth.org. Thanks for listening.